So you guys are really special. I want you to know that because it was it was raining this morning. I really like sitting outside listening to the rain, mm. and it was like a nice, quiet, you know, even just a rain. I was sitting on the swing, drinking some coffee, and I looked down, and it was like, eh, we got to record in like twenty minutes. I should probably go take a shower. This is really nice. And I sat there for as long as I possibly could. And then I had to leave it just to come hang out with you guys. I think what you <laughs> actually mean is it's not that we're special. It's that the audience is special. Well, oh, yeah. I wasn't talking to you two. Oh, I was talking okay. to everybody else. Okay. <laughs> you guys aren't special at all. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. Just kidding. No. It's, yeah, it's a really nice rain this morning. It was pretty awesome. It's weird. My house is so quiet. I was telling you guys earlier, my family's been gone for a week, um, and then I'm, I'm going to meet them on vacation soon, but they've been gone, and it's just so quiet here. I so love that. I, I love it for a little while, and then it gets to where it's just like, this is not natural. You know? <laughs> we had a house full of people, and then uh, most of them left. We still have a couple of people here. We have Paul Jackman is here at my house, and Graz, John Graz from Graz Makes, they're both here. We're doing a little Carolina shoot thing after the show. Mm. Yeah, I saw you had several people there this weekend. It kind of started out with Derek. You guys know Derek, my buddy from Boston, who keeps uh, threatening to go on YouTube. Derek came to make a central with me, and, and him and Nick Zametti hit it off. as uh, they, they And they stayed in touch, and they uh, Nick said he wanted to come to America, so Derek invited them to Boston, and he said, hey, can can we come and see you when we get to town? I said, sure. So they came, and then a couple of days ago, they go, hey, Bobby Dukes is going to come. Can Bobby Dukes come? I said, of course. <laughs> and then a couple of other guys kind of all tagged along, and we ended up having like a very spontaneous weekend here. And it was all kind of centered around Graz interviewing me and doing the Carolina shoot thing that we're going to do after. So we had a good few days, and those guys went back to New York City yesterday. And today, Patrick, my electric friend, is going to take him into the World Trade Center and give him a behind-the-scenes tour. When you say your electric friend, it makes me think he's like a superhero that can shoot electricity or something. <laughs> the electrician. Patrick, the World Trade Center oh, electrician. Oh. And Pat, we're gearing up to get Pat a uh, channel too. Pat's been he, – he spends half his time explaining to people what this is about to do or what we need to buy. Because like, I just go, I have no idea. So he wants to start a channel that just gives people basic knowledge of electric work. Not how-tos because he says a lot of times it really should be left up to the professionals. But – Hmm. what you should know to ask a professional. So that's his angle. So we're going to try and shoot some stuff. But anyway, so those guys are going to be at the World Trade Center today. And you can, well, in time, you guys could watch this story and enjoy this story at the World Trade Center. If you can go back in time, almost a week, you can go meet them at the World Trade Center today. Bobby Duke (laughs) and Nick and and Derek, they're going to be running around the city today. So we had a really good weekend. And uh, my buddy Scott came and we did hand casting. Scott uh, is was did you guys meet Scott? He was doing the hand casting. Scott Grove, I don't, he does I don't all kinds so. of hand casting. He's a he works a, he works a lot with Smooth On products. He works hand in hand with Smooth On. No pun intended, but we all molded our hands, and so you'll see that all in my my upcoming my upcoming vlog. Cool. Yeah, we had a good good few days, and it rained pretty hard a couple days of those few days. Hmm. Do you have all the wood on the canoe now? I have to put two more strips, and then the end is closed. And again, because I'm I'm not doing a staple canoe, it's a staple-less canoe. If you did a staple canoe like Nick initially did in that video we did years ago, you'd have to wait till everything was done to pull all the staples to sand. 
So I'm kind of overlapping a few tasks by being able to sand while the strips are drying as I get up closing the up to closing the bottom. So last night I spent a few hours getting one of the stems fully shaped, and which is quite a bit of work. And now, I, I, again, everything's an education. You go for it the first time. The next time you know what to do better. And so one stem is done. I'm going to go do the other one, and then I'm going to come back to that one after I've gotten a little bit more experience. And the stem is that piece of wood that makes up. So like if you fold up a piece of paper and pinch both ends, and it looks like a canoe, those pinched ends are where the stems are. And that's the leading edge of both sides with hardwood steam bent hardwood and then you got to shape it so you're going from those horizontal strips that hits that wood that intersects it and everything has to be all smooth but the grains go in every direction so it's definitely an exercise in using a hand plane and uh, a draw knife or, or a spoke shave I should say but it's it's coming out good I, like I, I do it and I look back I'm like wow I didn't know I could do that I thought I was just a hack so how many hours do you have into it Countless. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, like I said, I'm working a little bit quicker than I probably should. So I'm making a couple of mistakes, but I'm trying my best to hide them. That's life. It's every day I try to do at least two strips just so I'm ahead of the curve. I'm pretty confident I'm going to be done with a little bit of room to spare because I do want to be able to reuse it and make a paddle. Um, I might, I, this, I don't want to say dates or anything, but I'm talking about Filson, talking to Filson about doing something in New York. So by the time this airs, I might be able to announce what I'm doing. So I'm going to be doing a, something at the Filson store in New York that by the end of this month. And it's going to involve me doing an in-store demo and stuff. So that's kind of came up spontaneously. So it's it's like a, a prelude to the, the actual big canoe reveal. And that might be at the end of this month. So, so I have a question about the canoe. Um, <clears throat> what's the... I've. I know a guy who's made a wooden kayak before, and I'm assuming the finishing process is the same as that. But just in case other people don't know, once you've got all of the wood in place, it's physically done. It's a canoe. Is it fiberglass after that? Is that the finishing process? Or What you do is you lay up a full blanket of mesh. It's a full blanket. Not, not, not like that gorilla hair mat, but a full mesh. It looks kind of like the texture on the, on the, on the seat of your that you're sitting in right now. I'm looking over your shoulder. So it's a full woven mesh. It gets completely laid over and that becomes a full envelope right up to the edge of the stems. So the only seam is right at the edge of the canoe, at the top edge, and the and right at the seams. But other than that, it's one full piece of mesh that kind of gently drapes over the entire shape of the hull. And you pour epoxy resin right on it. And then with squeegees, you work it into the grain. And so then that mesh gets hard it's almost like what carbon fiber might look like, but invisible. It gets completely melted into the epoxy, and you give it several coats. And once it's all nice and clean, you sand it, give it maybe one or two more coats, cut off that mat all around all the edges. It gets really, because the epoxy will drip. And it's a bit messy, and you got to really kind of clean off that whole mess with scissors and then sand it back up into the edge. And you, you finish the exterior of the canoe, up to about 90% and then you pull it off you flip it over and you completely start sanding and doing the inside so you finish the whole outside while it's still on the mold pull it off and then work on the inside and the inside's done the same way same way yeah okay gotcha yeah you sand the hell out of it and then you put that mesh inside and that's even more messy because when you're doing the outside of the hull you have gravity helping you keep everything in place when you're doing the inside hull everything's got to be kind of draped up and you got to hold it in place while you're doing the same epoxy texture so the mesh yeah. mesh isn't visible it dissolves into the epoxy 
Yeah, you you might see a very slight grain, like in the when you hit it with glare, like when you get some cross lighting on it. Sometimes, like if you guys go look at Trent Pressler's channel right now on his Instagram, Trent Pressler's Instagram, he's doing a canoe right now, which is incredible. Trent tries to he he he's a very very good designer and he bucks the system, and he doesn't do traditional canoe structures, although he he has and you know like like it's good to learn the proper way so you know how to take it away from there. And he, he doesn't do stems on a lot of his canoes. So his strips just come and meet right at the tip and then he finishes them. So he's done a canoe with several varieties of, of hardwoods right now. And if you look at it, it looks like the thing is made out of glass because his, he hired a guy oh, to wow. do the finishing for him and he just keeps adding more and more coats. And then, and then after all said and done, then you varnish on top of that epoxy. That's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. So Trent's incredible. Trent, Trent's really trying to, create some really out-of-the-box thinking in his canoe structures. Trent has a PhD in something. Yeah. Uh, yeah, He's uh, and he also he has an incredible Ford truck he built. You see that truck? He, he, he frankly oh, yeah. signed that truck together. Parts, Ooh. 1950s That's... Ford. And he, a, I believe he grew up on a farm, that a cattle farm. I could be wrong, Trent. I'm sorry if I'm saying this wrong. And now he is uh, one of the owners of, of bed bedfellers, bedsellers, bedsellers wine out in Long Island. You guys remember my vlog uh, oh, last October when I was out at a winery and I did a drone shot of the wine fields? I don't know if you guys saw that. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah. I was with, uh, and Trent also knows Jesse and Ben Ueda. So we were all out there at the same time. He, he held a, a little salon for his friends and family. And so we went out there. It was a really cool couple days. So, Trent's been texting me and Instagramming me some tips. So Trent, if you're listening, thank you very much. Yeah. Right yeah. So you got to, we do a layup on the inside and the outside and that gives it an incredible structure. Like if I got in the canoe right now without any of that, my foot would go right through the quarter inch strips of cedar. It's really mm -hmm. soft too. So it's funny. Somebody said, Hey, why don't you just scrape all those little glue bits off? And you can do that. And when Nick made his canoe, we did do that. But the cedar is so soft that if you take a scraper to it, even if it's a sharp scraper, what tends to happen is those little glue baubles pull off and pull grain with it. The, the grain is not strong enough to resist the cut to give you a nice shaving. It, it can in some circumstances, but what I found is if I just palm sand the glue away, I end up with a better finish than if I try and scrape it. So actually I'm going at it with a really, really sharp low angle block plane. I get a lot of the bumps and lumps off and then I palm sand it and I'm getting some really, really nice smooth finishes. Hmm. So that's uh. By the end of probably Wednesday, I'll have the whole thing smoothed completely. It's really impressive. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Yeah, it's uh, it's 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 definitely a good learning experience, and one I was very intimidated to start. That's why it took me almost two years to start it. Yeah, it looks like a huge amount of work. It's it's one of those things like I would love to do someday, but then when I think about and see how long it's taken you, and you're like working on it pretty nonstop, but to see how long it's taken you, I'm just like, man, I don't know when I could ever make that work. <laughs> Honestly, I'm, I'm only like, you know, like, like the way you would like exercise it. I'm like, okay, I got to put a couple out. Oh, by the way, I ran twice last week, Bob. So thank you. I was going to ask you about that. Awesome. I ran twice. And, uh, and the only reason I didn't run more is because the guests came and then we ended up sitting on the porch until three in the morning each night, but absolutely going to run this week. And I felt good. really good about it. And I'm down to 205 right now. So nice. I lost three pounds since last week. So I'm feeling real good. Um, thank you. Your 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 simple tip of run for 20 minutes and don't worry about the distance was a really big, a big tip for me. It's so simple, but it really 
changed my point of view. So thank you for that. Good. I'm, I literally ran in circles. I didn't care where I went. <laughs> I was running around the, <laughs> yeah. the parking lot of the gas station near me. And, and, and in fact, like one full loop is about a quarter of a mile because it's a huge property. Um, but besides all that, uh, the canoe is just a couple of hours a day. That's it. I go out there for a few hours because I can't do too much. You set up some glue stuff. I palm sand a little bit. And then I know there's going to be like one or two hours set aside for I'll just palm sand the whole thing and I'll get through it all. But I sit there and I glue and then I look for a trouble spot and work on that. And then if I have time, I'll glue another one, trying to get at least two per day. And then I only have three left to do. And each one of those is anywhere from 20, 18 and like 10 inches. So that's the last few pieces I have. So it'll be closed up probably tonight. Awesome. Mm. Yep. Cool. cool. So. Um, David, I have a question for you. Hit me. Cameraman Dan. Yeah. How's it going? Really good. Like, better than what I could have imagined. Um, oh, great. Yeah. So he started uh, last Tuesday, and it just, I was nervous because I have to be this persona in front of a stranger, which, I, you know, I was really, really comfortable in front of Eric. And it's just like, it's like riding a bike. As soon as he hit record, I just, I was able to turn it on and, and do what I do. And uh, he's, he's one of those guys where he just needs a little nudge in the, in the right direction. And then you don't have to tell him what to do anymore. Like he, he's, he, he, he nailed it. Um, and he's a, he's a woodworker. So that really, really helps. So while I was, um, gluing something up or sanding. He was changing blades in the table saw, doing other things, getting things set up. And uh, I've never had that before. I know um, both of you guys have worked with um, other woodworkers or metal workers. And so um, you, you've had that experience. And so that's nice to have him set things up. And um, we, we got to talking about YouTube. Like we watch a lot of the same YouTube channels and he's fans of, of, of you guys. And so it was it was great. It, actually, it's I'm so excited about making videos now. Like I was, I've always been excited, but now it's I'm even more excited because there's this this new feeling. And uh, yeah, I don't even know what we're what we're going to film this week. That's that's what I'm trying to figure out after we record this podcast. Um, but uh, last week we made the picture frames, and it was a little bit different uh, as far as my past videos because. I wanted this to be full of tips and how-tos. So there was, it was a lower energy, long movie, um, but there was a lot of information that I wanted to to get in there. And I got a really, really good response. Like 99.9% .9 of the comments were like, these were great, or I've been making picture frames for a long time and there was a couple things that I did not know about. And so that made me feel good. Nice. Yeah. And uh, I, I think it's a... It was a, it was a good video. It was a good experience. And then he came back uh, a couple of days later, and we shot some some videos for Home Depot, and uh, that went well. And yeah, it's 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 a good fit, and I'm excited about the future. Awesome. Yeah. Can we call him Camera Dan? Uh, so we had this conversation on Twitter. <laughs> I called him Cameraman Dan on Twitter. That has a nice ring to it. And then uh, Bob, you suggested Camera Dan, which also has a nice ring to it. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, I don't know what, uh, um, I don't know what his actual name is going to be. I don't know if cameraman Dan feels better than camera Dan. 
We'll see. We'll let the we'll let the audience decide. Mm. How about Cameron Dan Man? Cameron Dan Man. <laughs> I think somebody else suggested that on, on Twitter too. Well, somebody else said Dan the Cameraman. Dan the like Cameraman. That, that yeah. works. That that seems a little more Mister Rogersy. Like yeah. that would work pretty well, you know. Yeah. So I don't know. So, Camera down sounds funny to me, I like that one. but <laughs> it makes me either think. Way, I'm glad it's working out. Yeah, it makes me think of um, uh, <laughs> what's the Oh Brother Where Art Thou? Uh, 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 <laughs> Dapper Man Dan or what? There's yeah the yeah. So anyway, th- things are Dapper Dan. Thank you. Things are going. Things are going good. Good. Glad to hear it. Um, well, I finished the closet that I've been talking about which was really nice to have it done. It's just a huge amount of work. And I did the voiceover for the video last night. Video is 23 minutes long, which is not my longest, I don't think, but it's pretty close if it's not. And uh, it's just a huge amount of stuff. And I even cut things out. Like we we left out all of the drywall finishing, you know, all the painting. And like I left things out intentionally so that it wouldn't be just ridiculously long. And it was still long. There's a <laughs> lot to it. Yeah, my restoration of that paper cutter is 16 and a half minutes. I tried my hardest to bring it down, but it was like leaving too much information out. Speaking of your paper cutter, sorry, Bob. Um, I, no, I, you just released that video like three hours ago. Have you been to bed yet? Uh, no, you know, my internet at the house is so slow. I set it to, I set it to post at about 2.30 oh, okay. a.m. <laughs> then I went to bed and I got up at 8. So I slept for about five hours. Okay. So it, it takes like three hours for a video to post typically. And that was... A longer one, so it takes longer. Mm. Crazy. Um, whoa, you right there? So I was coughing, and I shook and hit the mute button while I was coughing. <laughs> so I opened it and shut it. But right. uh, that's funny. Um, yeah, so anyway, my closet's all done. And then uh, this uh, also made some closet doors, some custom doors. And... That was interesting. Like I was planning originally on working the the doors into the closet build and we were getting really far into this project and Josh was like, why don't you make the doors a separate video? Because they could, you know, that could be something that people would actually need. Even if they already had a closet, they may want to put new doors on it. And uh, so we were making bifold doors from scratch and kind of added something to them to make them kind of interesting. So that'll be probably next week's video, but... um, the whole thing is done. It's in place. It's usable. And like none of my family's here, so nobody gets to see it yet, which is kind of a drag. I'm like, hey, look. <laughs> oh, like, there's nobody here to look at it. Uh, but anyway, so that's all That's all finished up. So we're trying to wrap up a few things before I take off uh, on vacation for this week. Um, I asked Twitter for questions. We got some questions. You guys want to run through some of those? Sure. Um, a lot of them are the same. We get a lot of the same questions, you know, from week to week when we ask. Um, so I'll have to kind of skim through there, skim through these to get new ones. Uh, one of them that I thought this is from Brandon, who actually edits this podcast. Hey, Brandon. Um, he said, if you could take one skill from each other of the, ah, mess this up again. If you could take one skill from each of the other hosts, what would it be? And I assume he means copy the skill not steal the skill <laughs> but that would be fun too yeah so yeah I, let's go with copy okay yes so bob there's um yeah there's there's many skills to copy borrow or steal from you but one of the skills that i that you have that i absolutely love is you're really good um at putting 
um, how you feel about a thing into words. You have a very elegant way of, of wording things. And a lot of times I feel a certain way about something and I don't know how to describe that. And then you'll say it in like a four word sentence. And I'm like, that's exactly how I feel. I just didn't know how to put that into words. And so you're really, you're really good with that. Um, and of course there's many other skills that you have that I would, I would love, but, um, that's one I, I really admire about you. And then, uh, thank you. Yeah. And then Jimmy, I love Jimmy's fearlessness about just going into a project and doing it. Jimmy will tackle a new project, a new skill, uh, a, a new tool, and it, and it seems like without hesitation, just dives right in. We always talk about uh, just getting started, just just do it, but it's easier said than done, and Jimmy makes it look like it's really easy for him to just dive into a new thing. You know, it's funny when you see me, like, for instance, the other night I did an Instagram story of me playing around on the Tormach conversational, which means you don't have to go through an app to develop a cutout or a pocket. You use the machine, you set up a simple pocket. I was avoiding doing that for almost two weeks. And I finally, I had a show, I'm working with, a, it's a friend, I call her a client, but she's really just a friend. I'm helping to develop this simple product. It's out of a chunk of aluminum. And I had to do it because we were having a meeting about it. And I do that. I just avoid, 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 avoid until I can't avoid anymore. And then I just fully immerse myself in confront it and deal with it. And that's what I did that day. And that's what I do with most stuff. I mean, we just talked about the canoe. It took me two years to finally get started. But that's typically because um, I think of every reason to avoid doing it. (laughs) So I'm as scared as you might think I am. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so the skill you want to steal is faking the fact that you're super confident about things, actually. Yeah, I I could see that. So I got I got a couple here. David, you are you seem to be of the three of us far more laser focused on like you know what you want to do, you make a plan and like you stick to it and you're really consistent about like the types of things that you make, the aesthetic for the things that you make. And I feel I like the fact that I get to do a bunch of different things, but then, you know, like I'll see that you have this focus and you have a direction and all of the things that you make visually at least work together really well and I don't think I have that I think um, my visual interest and my style and the types of things I do are just a little too spread out to make them cohesive and so I kind of wish that I had a little more like more of a through line to everything that I make you know what I mean like mm-hmm. visually at least um, so I, I really appreciate the fact that you have this aesthetic that you stick to and even like when you're finding books they they feed into that aesthetic i think and they you know you're looking up certain types of uh, woodworking books and all of these older things that still kind of wrap around this through line through all your work so i think that's really cool and i wish i had that thank you Uh, jimmy i wish i could oh i just want to say like i am my my i have a a longer term goal so when um i want to be able to come up with my own style and look and I'm, I'm working towards that. And when I'm old, I want people to say, Hey, that's a Petruto. That's a, that's a thing that I'm working on. I'm working on, on getting that, um, that, that thing that people can identify as a Petruto. So thank you. Nice. Um, Jimmy, I wish that I had your machining skills 
And I know that you'll probably be like, oh, I don't really know what I'm doing. I'm just kind of faking it, whatever. Whatever, man. You just like made your own whatever. You made your own bolts last week from scratch <laughs> that were some wacky, weird size. And so you can be as humble as you want. But the fact is, you know what you're doing. And I have no idea what you're doing. And I wish I did. Well, you know, I, I, honestly, I really don't know what I'm doing, but with the help of this. Nope, community. I just said, nope, nope. I just said that you know what you're doing. <laughs> no, I do know what I'm doing now because of the, with the help of this community. And, you know, I specifically credit uh, Kevin and Mr. Pete because Mr. Pete gives it out selflessly and so does Kevin. But Kevin is kind of more on a private lesson at the moment because Kevin's not really making videos. He's got a great Instagram with some good information. But just the uh, this community in general and uh, with a little ingenuity, like if you saw, I made the bolt. Obviously, I made it kind of, I prepped it exactly how Kevin would have told me. I did the best I could to stick to the rules. And then when I I made those brass nuts, I had to think of how am I going to hold it in the jig. And but just looking at the community and watching Mr. Peace videos and and several other YouTubers as well, and it it, it the answers are there. They're like in the ether, and they they kind of come to you because we're all always talking and sharing and that's the best thing about this i mean you know that we're all just sharing information constantly and and emulating each other and you know people copy some of my projects all of our projects exactly and then they're like apologetic i'm like no 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 do it that's that's the best way to learn and so thank you thank you very much you know it's uh and it's all coming together for me when as far as the machining i mean it's just the beginning but when I made those bolts and those nuts this week for this restoration project, the funniest thing was that restoration, well, if you want to call it that or paint job or whatever, because you'll see in my comments, some people are getting a little nitpicky. But when that guy sent me the pictures a couple weeks ago, I'm like, ah, I got one of those. And it's it's a mess. It's, I'm going to be eating a lot of rust if I deal with that. I'm like, I don't know. And then when I looked at it, I went to his place. I looked at it and said, this is probably going to be a couple of things I'll learn doing that that I otherwise wouldn't be confronted with. And that's the main reason why I said, I'll take it. So we threw it in my truck. And I really, I thought it might lean against the wall for two years before I got to it. But knowing me, I'm hard at keeping collections of stuff together. Everything gets scattered. And I said, I might as well just start assembling it now. And if I just clean one piece or two piece a day, within 10 days, it'll all be done. And that's that's how I approached that. And then I got confronted with, oh, I'm missing this. So it needs that. And that's it. that resulted in me kind of fast tracking and education and the not cutting and the bulk cutting. So thank you. That's, uh, yeah, that's interesting to hear. Maybe, so I, I don't have the context for machining. Like I don't, you know, even, even putting threads in something, I know that I could figure that out. I could look it up and see how that's done. But in my mind, at my experience level right now, I have no idea how that works. Like I just don't know the process because I've never been in the position to have to figure it out to make a thing work. So like what you did there was you had a thing that you had to create to, f to fix a specific problem. And so maybe I just need to find, okay, here's a question then around that. What would be an entry level problem to solve? Not, not a theoretical problem, but like a legitimate, like what would be a small tool that I could keep my eye out for that I could fix as a way to learn some basic machining to be able to fix that. Do you have any ideas? Yeah, you could like make new guides, for instance, for like your bandsaw. I mean, maybe I don't know what, what kind of bandsaw you're running, but maybe you need new guides. So you could make up, you know, the assembly that holds the new guides or a great 
project for me was to make those chess pieces and the cannon. Remember, I made those. I made two big cannons, but oh, yeah. you can make a cannon. I mean, I'm holding the flashlight right here. That it's probably about eight inches long. You could make a little operational cannon because there's lots to confront holding. How are you going to hold it, drill the hole? How are you going to drill the hole and hold it at the same time? So all these and then machine the wheels, you know, the little wheels that go on the carriage. So there's lots there's lots of little aspects to making that cannon that would immediately create indelible lessons that you carry through anything else you might make. So, hmm. I mean, make make a cup holder. I, I, I know I'm, I'm not even being silly. Make Take a a chunk of brass, hollow it out, and make it have make it hold, you know, your earbuds or something. Yeah, you know, just challenge yourself to a couple of small little things. Uh, make a pen, get a barrel pen in the ones that they sell for kits, but make it for brass. So any project you make, you come away with, okay, that's the way I'll do that from now on, unless something else comes into play. Every every time you make something. There's five or six things or 10 things or 100 things where you say, ah, okay, I'll mm. remember that. Yeah, okay. Maybe I just need to spend some time thinking about, because I, I tend to do projects that are like, oh, look, I need that thing. I'll do that as a project. Not the other way around where it's like, I want to learn this. What will help me learn that? You know, what kind of a project could create that opportunity for learning? So maybe I just need to kind of flip that around in my head. I, I, here's an example, uh, again, of, Needing a, so I came up with this idea for these razor blades, and I had them laser cut at a local place here. And I was going to harden them in the forge, but then that's like it's gas heat, which will burn the metal, which gives me the texture I don't want because I want to make a razor blade look like a proper razor blade that looks like kind of surgically machined. And that forces me to start figuring out how to do the the razor's edge and I did the bridge port, which I wouldn't have thought to do, and. Just trolling around on the internet, I, I became friends with the guys at Even Heat Oven, Even Heat Ovens, and they're sending me an oven. I, I called them, I asked them some questions, and they're like, "Hey, we're going to send you an oven. We've been watching your stuff, so thank you guys." And I'm going to get it probably tomorrow or the next day, and then I'll learn how to heat treat properly instead of just throwing it in the fire with a magnet. With the Even Heat Oven, it has a digitally controlled heat. You get ramp heat up, ramp the heat down, and Anyway, so that's another way of me properly learning the right way to do it. So, and that all comes out of just needing a project and taking that project through the few phases that you otherwise would be intimidated to confront. Cool. Right on. So, is it my turn to pick two things from you guys? Sure. Yeah. So, Bob, your ability to code, when you just think like, oh, I'm going to make gates for all my things. And I'm, I think I look at that and I. I immediately go to the caveman mechanical solution, and I say that affectionately. I think of the mechanical solution to do that. I think of like levers. So if I wanted to open and close every gate from one spot, I'd figure out something that would mechanic, or I'd walk to that spot, just flip a lever. <laughs> you came up with this way of, and you do it for several things. And you're like, oh, I'm just going to like code the buttons for the arcade game or whatever. I look at that, and I just constantly think of workarounds. I'm like, okay, can't do that can't cross that bridge because I just don't know how to do it. I'm just going to go a different way, which keeps me, the MacGyver in me, thinking. But one day there will be a moment in time where I'm like, oh, we'll just code that and put up a <laughs> body fruit for that, whatever that's called, and make that work. So a guy a guy at Bar Z who might be listening and gave me a pack of LED lights, even the ring light like you put on the GoPro years ago, and 
he goes, oh, you just did, did, did. and he's talking. To, I go, dude, pretend like you're talking to a Martian or a three-year-old. I don't know anything you're saying. He's like, oh, no, I'll send you an email. With all. I'm like, I have no idea what you just said. I, I won't understand if you write it down. I said, where can I go? And he, he hasn't followed up with me yet, but I have this little pack of all LED strips that, that he must have got from DigiKey or somebody. And he's like, oh, yeah. And then he like has like a little grid and he just snaps him in half. He's like, hey, you take it. And I'm like, are these connected already or do I need to connect it? Like, I don't know what's going on. Anyway, so he gave me that as a challenge. So that's one of those things I'll avoid right up to the moment I have to confront it. He gave me a Ziploc bag with like five, six different LED circuit boards in it. Because he yeah. goes, oh, you like flashlights and lights. Because he take this, I'm going to give you a challenge to learn something. And oh, I'd like to follow through, but yeah, you know what I'm doing. Well, but I mean, that's honestly, I can flip the same advice around that you just gave me about machining is that, you know, finding a specific, finding a small project for those things and then figuring out just the basic, not even how to code it, but like why code is necessary or what the process is to get some code on, you know, to make those things do what you want. Uh, I think that like just having the understanding of that makes the code make more sense when you actually get to the line by line, you know, what the code does step by step. So, yeah, I mean, I think finding a little project where you would be forced to use those or something like that, and there's no other way to do it, I think that would, you know, put you back you into a corner to where you had to learn it, at least a little bit. Yeah. And I have done the first Arduino cookbook thing. Hmm. But I, I kind of fell off. I, I did. I went through the first few pages. I got the thing blinking, and then I never did it again. But yeah, I'll get there again. I'll get there. But, oh, that's yeah, it. When I, mean, I get I, a good I, project, I'll do it. Yeah, I think you definitely have to have a worthwhile project to make that. You know, if that's a pain point for you, then like you got, there's got to be something fulfilling about going through that pain to be able to learn that thing. You know. And then also uh, when you the three D printing stuff and and you've, how you've integrated it so well into actual projects. I have 3D, I've had 3D printers. I've given them all away to friends. I don't know what to do with them. And I haven't really had that 3D printer that like wows me. Like if I had like a, like a form lab, a lab form, is it, what is it called? What's it called? Form B? Form lab? Yeah. Form lab. <laughs> if I had one like that, I think I would take it a little bit more seriously because I just like the way that machine, you know, I have more respect for that machine as a machine. Yeah. You know, these other things I've had have been kind of like not necessarily pro level, my kind of just like kind of kid stuff. And if I got my hands on a machine like that, I think I would take it more seriously and then start to consider some serious parts that I could make. What I'm starting yeah. to notice is like the knife makers and some of the guys that do stuff on a uh, on a bigger level, they, they'll mock up something in the 3D print is just to get an actualization of it. And I like that aspect and I can see myself using it that way and not necessarily yeah. using the finished print as my part. It's the it's the the means towards that end. Yeah. I, I mean, I think that's one of those things that you would, your mind would probably just go down a million rabbit holes if you had that taste of how it would be usable for you. It's different for everybody. So, you know, if you got that taste, I think you would probably end up, it would become a thing that you always jump to to quickly prototype. Because, you know, again, that's a thing that could be making a prototype over here while you're at the bandsaw doing something else or, you know, you're welding or whatever. All right. Pachudo, yeah, your your ability to flip flop websites and jump in and out—that's something that intimidates the hell out of me. It's another thing like the coding. I I, I look at a website, I'm just afraid I'm going to delete everything. <laughs> I got a little bit of like a like a little bit of a thing with uh, with Squarespace. I have a Squarespace 
website. Now, in the beginning, I was able to do it, but then when my friend took over and rearranged everything, I got intimidated again, and I'm afraid to dig into it. And you just said you just moved your website from one thing to something else. Mm-hmm. Or in the process, like, yeah. Oh my God! Like I wouldn't know what to do. Like I don't. And I want to thank both of you because I still have no idea how a podcast is used <laughs> in the world. <laughs> where it ends up, where like where it gets posted, I have no idea. Yeah, I mean the trick is to you. Some there's certain things you you don't have to learn. You can you know if you have the budget for it, you pay somebody else to do it, and that way you can focus on the things that you're good at. I was a web developer for uh, ten years, and so this it, it's a skill. It's it's uh it's fading away for sure because there's certain things that um I don't really remember, or um. Uh, the the web world moves very quick and so these new technologies yeah, yeah and it does <laughs> i feel i feel way out of it <laughs> uh, so these technologies uh, uh will will pass me by and so well like it's funny it's like i've had a couple of recent like my website has like a list of brands i work on it and there's like four brands that i'm like totally in bed with now that aren't on there and they're like hey can you add us to your list i'm like oh mm-hmm. boy that's like you know asking me for plastic surgery i'm not sure if i could do that uh, I have to, <laughs> so I, I'm like, well, I got to call my friend up. I haven't talked to in two years. And then can you add a brand to the brand page, please? You know, cause I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know how to do it. I probably could. It's square. It's Squarespace, right? Yes. You can totally do it. Okay. <laughs> and this is not a Squarespace ad, but like, honestly, you could totally ha- figure that out. Okay. David and I can help you. Okay. <laughs> yes. I don't want to do it. Call my I don't want to. Wanna. <laughs> I just want to clean rusty things. And to well, both of you, hire somebody. And to both of you, you both of you, your skill for music. I, I love music. I love all kinds of music. I, when I say I love all kinds of music, I really do. I mean, I love. I, the other day, we were playing Egyptian music in the car. I, I love all kinds of world music, and I love street music, performers. I, I love live music. I love classical and everything, and. I just wish I could make it more easily, and I can't. So I leave it up to the professionals. But the fact that both of you guys can just whip up a tune and the keyboard sitting around. If I had a keyboard sitting around, I'd hang clothes off it. I don't know what to do with it. <laughs> you know, music is one of those things that um, it's a little bit harder to just dive into and then make something that's really good. Like, I feel like woodworking you know, somebody can just show you how to cut or rip or cross cut a, a board and you're good you to go. Yeah. yeah. And, um, and music is, is, a, is one of those things you can't just pick up a guitar, start playing piano and then write it. Well, that's a, really a, I think a music is music is like, you know, you have like CNC of XYZ and then you have fifth axis with like a robot arm. I think a music is like 25 axis yeah. or infinite hmm. axis. And I want to be clear. I'm not saying that like I'm a I'm a amazing musician with uh, incredible songwriting skills. I'm I'm not. I'm. Um, it's it's just one of those things that you have to constantly work at. And it it's also one of those things where I didn't play for a long time. And when I started playing again, it was just like these song new songs don't come naturally. It's a, it's a skill you get. It's a muscle you have to yeah. keep working. I was going to say, I was going to speak to that. I haven't played in a long time. And it's really been motivating to see you playing again, David, because I haven't made time to do any music 
at all for a really long time. And the other day, somebody on Twitter, I think, said like, you know, hey, I just stumbled across like your the music videos that you've done. Like, it was really good. You should do more music. I would love to see more music from you. And I'm like, that would be fun. But I've been out of it for so long that I feel like I've kind of lost those muscles. And to be able to get back to a point to where I could make a thing that I was proud of that I wanted to put out, like there's a lot of exercise that would have to go into that before I could even get back to the place to where I could start writing music again. Or like, you know, like my calluses are gone on my fingers and, you know, the dexterity is different than what it used to be because I just haven't played so much. So it is totally a thing that you have to exercise and I have not for a long time. <laughs> I'd like to, but anyway. Um, all right. Well, we're, I don't even know how far we in, how far in we are. You guys want to do one more? Yeah. Okay. Sounds about right. <laughs> yeah. Okay. <laughs> um, at what point did each of you decide to bring on additional people to help? This is from Jerome. Um, I, I, I can go first here. We probably all have different ideas or different uh, kind of stories here. But, like, I needed somebody uh, to help with things for a long, long time before I did it. I brought on... Actually, I brought on my friend Forby to do my logo and all that stuff from the very beginning because I knew that wasn't a strength of mine. And I, I know it's something he's really strong at. So I, I reached out to him at the very beginning before I even launched anything or started making videos to ask for help there. And so he's been on contract since then. You know, he does all the design type stuff. But as far as like uh, editing, then I maybe a year, year and a half after starting to make videos, I passed editing on to him as well because I knew that it was just another huge block of time that I was having to put in um, that I wasn't in the shop and wasn't making new things. And so, you know, it got to where I my time was maxed out. I think this is kind of my key is that every time my time is maxed, that means it's time to pass something off to someone else and free up some more time for me to go max out again. And that's maybe not the way to go about it, but that's the way I've gone about it. And so I did that for editing and then I needed to do that again for a really long time before Josh came on. But part of having Josh come on was to be able to pass off a lot of stuff again and open up some more time for myself to be able to you know, focus more on the parts that I really wanted to do and the parts that I personally needed to do. Mm -hmm. So that's my answer. Yeah. Well, me, it's, it's, it's definitely that. And then it's also, you just got to make sure you have the money to keep somebody employed for months and months and months on end too. So you got to ask yourself, I've had three assistants in my life. I had Keith in the nineties, helped me and my brother together. And he was just like an all around doer. And now Keith is a, a refinisher, lives in long, uh, lives in Queens in Brooklyn. And we talk from, from time to time and he worked for for about four years for us and then a few years later dave knew what i was up to and and he volunteered he's like hey do you need an assistant and i was like i don't know i was kind of working on my own again and just being kind of insular and he, he started hanging around and and then he became an invaluable part of the shop because i started doing more interior design stuff and i always needed two two people to move equipment and things and stuff and and of course dave's got the skills to help me with a lot of it and so Dave was great. And and the good thing about having Dave too is because Dave was very like, he's like, hey, I need I need a week off to go do something. I was like, all right, go ahead. So it was never like this. He has to be there at nine to five. And same thing with Brett now, that Brett's with my life. It's it's very, it's a very liberal relationship. If 
Brett wants to go to Arizona, uh, Joshua Tree for two weeks, which is where he was. Go for it. I'll figure it out. But, you know, when he's around, I try and make sure that we could overlap tasks and stuff. And it's really, it's, it's, it's good to have somebody around if you can afford it because you can share tasks. And you can get, technically speaking, twice as much done sometimes, you know, one and a half times as many things done if you share the tasks. So it's just a matter of uh, time and money. If you don't have enough time and you have enough money, start working out somebody that also, it's important to get someone that's passionate about what you're doing. That really helps. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. It's a, I think you just, you just know when you need, when you need help and, and then you work for a period of time after you know you need somebody to help, but you still work by yourself. And you're like, man, this would be a lot easier if somebody was here or I could get a lot more done if somebody's here. I think um, I think this goes with all three of us. We're always trying to evolve and we're trying to push ourselves to do more, better, and 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 change over time because change is, is fun. And I, I don't like doing the same thing every single day. And so bringing somebody else on helps me push some of those tasks to somebody else so I can focus on this thing. And so um, eventually I'm going to have to hire somebody else or give uh, the current person more hours because the bigger um, our businesses get, the more stuff you have to do that doesn't involve making. And that's that's website maintenance, that's that's emails, that's shipping orders, uh, you know, and it, and it's all these things add up and all these things take away from the actual making. And, and uh, so hiring somebody else to handle those tasks kind of brings me back. And it also motivates me quite a bit. If there's somebody else with me, there's no time to to screw around and see what's going on 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 Facebook and uh, to watch YouTube videos because I'm paying somebody to be here. So I'm going to work more efficiently when when Dan or Eric is here. Yeah, I, I've noticed that uh, since Josh has been on full time, like it's one thing to have someone like you were talking about, Jimmy, somebody that kind of comes in and out and there's a little more freedom to the time that they are spending and the time that you are paying and all that stuff. But um, <clears throat> when you have somebody scheduled or somebody that's full time, I've definitely felt a little bit more responsibility to be productive outside of just myself, because like, I know that I have to have things ready. Well, like last night I was doing voiceover for the video at 1130, which I never ever work that late ever anymore. But I was doing it because I know that that video had to be ready today so that Josh had his part to do, you know. And so there is a little bit different of a stress about making sure that you are responsible for the parts to to let that person do the job that you're paying them to do. Otherwise, they're going to be sitting around twiddling their thumbs. And that's not good for them. It's not good for you because you're wasting the money. So there is kind of a different, uh, an added responsibility. Absolutely. Maybe it's not different, but... Yeah. There'll always be that day when you're like driving around in circles, picking up materials and knowing you have a deadline. So you think to yourself, all right, I'm going to tr pick up materials till six o'clock and then I'll work until three in the morning and then I'll deliver this tomorrow at five. And you go, hmm, if I had somebody else so I could <laughs> overlap this day and turn time back on itself, that would be good. And then you answer that email from that friend that says they want to help you. 
something else to keep in mind is it's really hard to go back. So uh, if you hire somebody, yeah. they, um, you know, they're they're kind of counting on you. And you, when you have a set schedule, their income depends on on you, and you can't just decide. You know what? I don't need anybody right now. I mean, you can, but there's a lot of guilt involved in the, you know, so you have to make sure you're actually ready to, to make that jump. Yeah. I actually have another, that's probably a whole nother conversation about that. Um, I'll save that because I think that's good. Maybe we can talk about it in the after show. Okay. Yeah. Um, all right. You guys got anything else on this? No. 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 Can I ask? No. Can I ask okay. the audience a question? So uh, I don't know if it will make it into the podcast, but when Jimmy's um, uh, when Jimmy's computer crashed, Bob and I were talking, and uh, during the middle of the podcast, a bird flew, hit the window, and and died. We've had this a couple times. This oh, summer. I just saw you react to that. I was hoping yeah. you react to that. I was hoping the dogs are okay when I saw you yeah. react. Yeah. Um, if anybody has any good tips on to stop birds from flying into our, our windows, because that, from what I understand, they see the reflection of the sky and they think it's, it's a, it's a clear path and then they break their necks. And so I don't know. Stop what, using Windex. <laughs> our windows are dirty. There's, <laughs> there's, there's, there's no trace of Windex on our windows at all. I'm joking. There's an old commercial where I think it was Windex where they, the birds were complaining that the windows were so clean they flew into them. Did you ever see that commercial? Maybe it was a regional <laughs> I, commercial. It was I don't. A year ago. Yeah, I've, I've seen that. All right. Maybe a, like a like a really fine fish net you hang up in front of it so they'll make like a crash zone. Yeah. It's funny. Um, uh, but by the way, uh, Nick Zametti was here from England, and right outside my porch, you don't see him in this area too much, but occasionally you see a hummingbird, and he goes, "What is that?" Is that a fairy? <laughs> a fairy. <laughs> That's it's a hummingbird. I never seen a hummingbird. What is that? <laughs> so we were all picking on Nick because it was right by the. We have all Taylor being a beautiful garden wrap right at the back porch, and it, the birds come and go. And he was he was like, "Is that a fairy?" <laughs> anyway, um, well, all right. So you guys figure out what you're gonna recommend this week. I'm gonna thank our Patreon supporters. Um, especially our top supporters, Wise Old Dal, Evan and Caitlin, Corey Ward, Malton Make, Works by Solo, Michael Schubert, Dor Sharir, Chad from Mancrafting, and Make, Build, Modify. Um, we're really grateful for them and for everybody else that supports the show. Uh, if you want to do that, you get the after show, no matter what level. A dollar is totally cool. Uh, you get the after show, which is more of us talking, often some secret stuff, behind the scenes type extra. You know, it's another 15, 20 minutes of us. <laughs> if you can handle that, <laughs> go to patreon.com slash making it and help us out or leaving a review on iTunes helps get it in front of more people, sharing it with your friends, posting it to Twitter, all that stuff, all that stuff. is awesome. All that stuff. Well, all right. What you guys have been watching? What you got? All right. So there's this channel called The Q and... I'm putting the link in here. Jimmy, do you remember uh, a few weeks ago you said you bought a whole bunch of barbecue skewers that you just like to have? Uh, oh, the, what, the the bamboo ones? Yeah, the bamboo ones. Yeah, uh, I buy them all the time. So uh, good timing. The, this channel called The Q made one of those, I don't know what you call it, but you you you, 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 <laughs> oh you see all the little metal pins and you can put your hand on it and it creates the impression on oh, the opposite yeah. side. Yeah. He made one out of out of wood. 
And oh, cool. It's really, really cool. I love this channel. He's he's super creative. That's crazy. So I'm. you've talked about that channel before. Do you know where the name came from? Do you have any idea? No, no. There's. I don't know this. This is a guess. So this is pure conjecture on my part. But I was listening to a book recently, and they... Um, they talked about the different roles that you could play, like as a as a business owner. And one of the things he mentioned was you could be the Q. Like you can be James Bond, you can be the hero, you can be the person that goes out and saves the world, or you can be the Q, which is the person that enables James Bond to do his job better. And when he said that, I was like, wait a minute, maybe that's why that hmm. channel is named the Q because the guy like shows how to make stuff out of other stuff with like pretty simple you know tools yeah. and everything I, all the ones i've seen anyway i don't know if that's has any relation or not but i thought that was a really cool comparison like you can be james bond or you can be the q i thought that was pretty cool i'm going anyway. with that right on i'm gonna recommend big dog forge because he made me a gift and it was funny i've been playing with those little rubber hands and now there's a game out called fun time with little rubber hands and <laughs> I saw that. Everybody's got these rubber hands, and I didn't think of it. I just saw them the same time everybody else saw them at a cash register, but because I have a video channel, I get to play with them a little bit more visibly. And this guy at Big Dog Forge, he made a set of blacksmithing tongs with little hands on the end, <laughs> and they were so funny. They're so funny. He made a pair a couple of months ago, and he made me a specific, specifically made me a pair. So his video just posted a couple of days ago of him making these little steel hands to use in my power hammer. So I'll be able to like literally grip with these little steel hands and they have so much gesture and so much awesome. life and them. It's super funny to watch. So check out Big Dog Forge. Guys, I, I texted you this link through the phone and every time I try to do anything on my computer, I get this warning that says, your Skype recording is gonna stop if you keep playing on your computer. So that's why I never like send you guys links inside of this. And meanwhile, you two are like, I'm on my phone all the time. You guys are on Google. You did, did, did. How come my computer tells me it's going to shut down if I go outside of Skype? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> Is it because it's steam-powered and it's eight years old? So yep, that might do it. Yeah. Steam-powered computers are usually a bad thing. Right. I like, you know, like steam and steampunk <laughs> stuff. So I'll hang on to this for a little bit. All right, so mine is, I, we've, I think maybe one of you guys recommended The Essential Craftsman. Oh, yeah, yeah, before? he's great. Yeah, so some people had told me about him, like he's building a house from scratch, I think, <laughs> like by himself or something. Um, and so I had, I had subscribed and I had watched a couple of them, but not a whole lot. And then I saw recently he had a How to Start Blacksmithing for $100 yeah. video. Yeah. And I thought like, oh, that's pretty cool because I'm kind of interested, but I definitely don't want to put a big investment into it. So I was curious what he would explain for $100. It's a really... It's a short little video, but it's pretty cool. It shows you the really super basic stuff you need. Um, it's maybe not as much information as someone might actually want if they wanted to start blacksmithing, but it just shows the basics of you really just need something hot and a small hammer and something to hit you know, it on. You need some sort of an anvil thing. And so it was a good example of like lowering the barrier to entry for blacksmithing just to get something done. And he makes a little... Uh, like a marshmallow roaster. It's like a poker. Um, and, you know, it's really simple, but it gave me like, oh, okay, I think I could actually do that without having the infrastructure of like a giant forge and all of this stuff. So, and he's he's got just a huge amount of information about all sorts of stuff. So he's a pretty good resource I want to keep my eye on for 
a lot of things. And he had the viral video July 4th where he uh, exploded two anvils back to back and one of them flew up in the air and he had a drone shot of it coming up toward the drone. I mean, he was at the perfect height because that thing could have hit the drone. It was, it couldn't have timed it better. Some people thought it was CGI. He got such a good shot. Hmm. Bob, just like we were talking about you running down the slip and slide, that looked like Mm -hmm. a CGI tracking shot. And he had, (laughs) he had this drone right above the explosion and the anvil flew a couple hundred yards in the air and like tumbled right near the drone's camera and then fell down. It was pretty amazing. So take a look at that. that. Yeah. Cool. Right on. Well, uh, I guess that's it for this week, unless you guys got anything else. No. No, that's it. Take that as a no. All right, cool. (laughs) Thanks for listening, everybody. See you next time. Thank you. Love you. Bye. Later. Bye. Bye.